This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Well, oh, I I, uh, I did it. <clears throat> I, I fucking cursed myself is what I did. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, I got a couple things to get to. This is the Pick'em Podcast. We're going to pick every single fight for September 12th. I just went over the card. Um, We'll get to the card. I'm a, I'm a little... All right, we'll get to that later. Anyway, I told you on these airwaves, on with your ears, your adorable little ears that are listening to this, I told you that last last week when I recorded for the Pick'em, I was having a bad day. I recorded on Thursday. Everything was late, yada, yada, yada. I went on my punctual speech, and I said, you could take a dump on me Friday, and I would be like, well, it's Friday, right? Well, that very next day was Friday, guys, and I got a big old dumping on and I did not handle it well. So here's the deal. I got a thing. I maybe mentioned this or not. Doesn't matter. First week of August, my birthday. I ordered for my Christmas for my birth for my birthday present. I got a um, like a touchscreen uh, navigation Apple CarPlay for the car for the new truck because my truck doesn't have that. It's lacking that. I didn't know what else to get for my birthday. You know, my parents were like hounding me about it. I'm the only child. You know, I'm spoiled. Whatever. So I ordered that. It was supposed to get installed. You know, and when you order it. It, you know, it tells you what you need on the website. So it ended up being like hundred bucks more than what the actual price was, but it was free installation. So order that up, right? We're supposed to get it ordered that like, I think probably on August 4th, we're supposed to get it uh, installed on like the, uh, I want to say like the 17th of August or something like that. I don't really know what the date was. Probably not 17th, doesn't matter. Middle of August. I had to cancel. I just, I had to reschedule because I had to get my truck fixed. Dare strike one. Got the truck fixed, fuel injectors, all that. Had to reschedule. Of course, they're rescheduling for like three weeks out. So it was September 4th. That was uh, that was this Friday, okay? So I get off work, right? I hammer up there. Wife's going to meet me up there. She took off work, right? They said two hours for the truck. I figured, I told wife, hey, I'm going to leave work here this time. You leave the house then. It's 30 minutes away because, of course, the local one that's literally right up the street from me doesn't do it. I said, I'll meet you there, right? Again, I told you, she does not. He's never on time. So I get up there. Of course, I'm on time. A little early. Drop it off. Guys, I get. We'll have it done. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I go shopping Best Buy. Start looking around at some stuff. Got a video game. Uh, Buddy was hounding me about getting a video game. Got a video game. Started looking at all the other stuff. And I spent like 45 minutes in there. And I was like, I got to fucking, I got to, you know, where is my wife? It's 30 minutes away. She said she was leaving. So I go out front and I'm like sitting down like a fucking loser that doesn't have a ride. And I text her. I said, what is going on? Like, what? The, like, I'm starting to get pissed. Like, why are you so fucking late? So she texted back and just got pulled over. So immediately I get fucking angry. I get scared. I get angry. She's got a little bit of a lead foot. Quick little story. One of our first road trips together, uh, she drove. Uh, this is why I drive on all our road trips. But she drove down. She We were going to split it. She drove down to North Carolina for a wedding we were going to. And I was going to drive the way back. She got pulled over twice on the way down for speeding. Right? That's, you know, the second time I was awake for I actually fell asleep for the first time. The second time I was awake for it was a little tic-tac-y. But uh, either way, she got lead foot. And then she blamed it on me because she said, well, I was running behind. And I know if I showed up late, you would have yelled at me. So she somehow blamed it on me. Furthermore, though, what kind of asshole cop gives a seven-month pregnant woman with a little adorable kid in the back a ticket for going, I think she was like 12 miles an hour over, whatever the fucking ticket was. 115 bucks. Guy's got to meet his quotas, right? 
Uh, so I got that text. And I, when I got that text, I got, of course, immediately pissed, worried, pissed. You know, our car insurance, we just got our car insurance lowered, which I pay every month. Uh, and now it's going to go back up. And I just, you know, I'm just doing dad stuff, just getting mad about it. Um, but thankfully, she's obviously all right. She she didn't hurt. But anyway, right when I got that text, I got a call from an unknown number or whatever. I was like, well, I usually don't answer them. But, oh, maybe it's Best Buy. Because I had been there an hour at that point, And I'm like, oh, shit, maybe this, maybe this dude got it done in an hour. He goes, hey, uh, this is uh, whatever for Best Buy. And he goes, so something happened when you ordered online, you didn't get your, all your parts. And I, okay, so this is, this is me. I was, you know, so I had a, this is like, if it was a movie in my life, it would have froze right there. And it would have been like, is this the Brian that was very, um, you know, confrontational and attitude and pretty much an asshole and early twenties, or is this going to be the mature Brian who's going to handle this with grace and, uh, a humility and just maybe reason with the guy. Cause right when he said, I didn't order the right parts, I said eh, that, you know, that, that, that wasn't my thing. So of course I went the route uh, of the, the lat or the, the beginning route, the asshole route. I said, well, I said, buddy, I said, I ordered, via the website and it, the website prompted me of what to have to order. I spent a hundred extra dollars. So why didn't the website bring it up? Like, what am I like? I don't install these fucking things. I didn't say fucking, but I said, I don't install these in my car. How am I supposed to know what to order? If the website doesn't tell me and he goes, Oh yeah, I guess the website made sense. And I was still there. He thought maybe I had left. I go, I'm coming around, walk around going there. Now, when I tell this story, I want to make it clear that the guy, kid, younger guy, he's like 20-something years old, right? He was a very nice guy. I might be giving him some dumb guy voice just as I tell the story. He was a nice dude, right? He he was he ended up being a fairly nice guy. Um, just didn't really know how to handle the situation. You know, again, he's you know in his early 20s. He's the installer there at Best Buy. He's the only installer there. So anyway, I go around. There's a little counter, and then there's like a – yeah, there's a little counter with a window. And I go up to him. He goes, oh, okay, so – He's like, yeah, so the website, usually the website's really good. You know, it just messed up. I go, okay, well, what are my options here? He's like, okay, well, they didn't include the um, USB retention, which means the USB that's in my car I want to I want to keep, right? I don't want them to drill a new one. And I said, okay, well, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I'm here. My wife took off. She just got a fucking ticket. Let's go ahead and just drill a new USB. And he goes, oh, okay, but they also didn't order you the backup camera. Well, I fucking need that, okay? I'm used to that now. I want the backup camera. I got it on my truck. I want that hooked up. And I go, okay, well, we, we got to do this. And he goes, and then you didn't order the steering wheel controls. I didn't know if you wanted that. That's an, And I said, no, because you guys offered free installation, and that's not free installation, and it's a giant fucking touchscreen. Doubt I'll be really playing with the steering wheel all that much. But uh, he goes, okay. So he's like, so we're going to have to order these parts. And I went, mother, and I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing the fucking, d- d- the little counter, like ready to squeeze it. And I said, okay. I said, where does that leave us? And he goes, cause I was like, I know you ship you UPS. You can get these parts. It, it was early enough in the day on Friday that they could have probably overnighted those to me on Saturday. I was like, can I come in Saturday? He goes, uh, he's like, no, he's like, you know, we're, st- we're, we're fully booked on Saturday. He's like, usually when, when we order parts, it, 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 um, we don't like doing it the day they come in. He's like, so we'll get them shipped to the store. Like you did with your other parts. And he's like, it looks like we're not going to get the parts to the 17th. And I go, how is that possible? Now the real asshole is coming out of me. I said, how is that 
impossible. I didn't cuss. When I, you know, I didn't cuss at all. So if I cuss telling the story, just just know I didn't cuss. So how is that possible? I said, you guys ship UPS. I work at UPS. You guys made a mistake. You should pay for next day shipping and get it to me early. I know it's Labor Day on Monday. I'll get him Wednesday. Can I come in Wednesday? And he goes, oh, no. And he's looking at his little fucking scale. He doesn't know what to say, right? I'm questioning him all those things. And I go, well, what is it? What about if you ship them to my house? Since you can't ship them to uh, the store quickly, ship them to my house. So he looked that up. He goes, oh, yeah, shipping your house a little quicker. Still won't get there till the um, the 10th or whatever, the 11th. And I go, the 11th. It was, it was supposed to be this Friday. I go, dude, I said, that's, there's no way. If you're shipping UPS, there's no way. I said, whatever, fine, okay. So then he starts ringing me out. And all of a sudden, I look at the little thing, and it was um, the parts were like 108 right? Then it was $100 for the install, and then it was shipping. And I go, are you kidding me? And I'm staring fucking daggers at this kid now, right? I can't see his face because he's wearing a mask, but I bet his lip was quivering. I was irate. I said, what is this, dude? I said, what, what is this? He goes, oh, okay, so it's 108 for the parts. Um, you, you got the USB retention, you got the, the backup camera, uh, cable, and then you got the steering wheel controls and then the steering wheel uh, control installations, a hundred, and then the shipping. And I said, buddy, I said, I'm not paying for the steering wheel controls to get installed in the car. Take that off. And you are paying for shipping. This is not my mistake. I'm not paying for shipping. You're paying for it or I'm going to walk. So I threatened to return my items, which in turn I couldn't because it's been more than 30 days since I've ordered them. It had actually been, actually, I think they had 20 day. It was a 20 day thing um, for, for stereo equipment for whatever, like you had 20 days or some shit like that. So I was like, I'm going to return this stuff. And then, you know, eventually I found out I couldn't later, thankfully, but I, I threatened that. And then he had to call somebody, right? And he called somebody and they came and said, okay, so um, we'll, we'll take the uh, we'll take the shipping off. We'll cover shipping. He's like, but I highly recommend. And again, he's a nice guy. I know I'm not giving him nice guy voice. He's a nice guy. He goes, I highly recommend you get the steering wheel controls. This is going to make your life a lot easier when you can't touch the screen and stuff and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and I'll do the install for free. But like, I can't give you the part, right? And I go, fine. You know what? You're working with me now, right? You're working with me. Um, that's fine. Right. I'll, I'll pay. So I paid 108 for parts, which pissed me off. Right. But I, you know, again, he was working with me a little bit. It wasn't like I was expecting to walk out of there with everything free, even though some people's mindset is that I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. Um, and then he hit me with the, okay, so we can't get your car in until the 20 something. I go, Nope. I said, not, Nope. You're doing my car as soon as possible. I said, there's no way I'm waiting three weeks. You mean to tell me you won't have someone to do my car in within three weeks? He goes, well, you know, your parts. I was like, buddy, don't worry about the parts. You're telling me you can't do it. He goes, well, I could, I could probably do the 17th if you get it here early, which is next Thursday, a week from tomorrow. And I go, fine. If that's the only thing you can do. So this all happened on Friday. Guess what came in on Saturday? My fucking parts. So that cocksucker could, again, cocksucker, he's a nice guy. They could have done that Saturday. Well, I should have been. I should have jumped the fucking line for all these other bimbos and idiots getting it. I was so mad. And then I just, my wife showed up. I said, I texted her. I said, just go back home. I said, I'll meet you at my parents. I go back to my parents. I said, I'll meet you at my parents. Right. 
And, uh, you know, we got a parents. I got in a little bit of argument with her because I was hot, right? I was hot. I started yelling at her. I blaming her for the speeding ticket. Put me in a bad mood or whatever. I was so fucking livid. And then, of course, right when I'm on my parents yelling at her, I get, you know, I got, uh, they ship UPS. And I get, obviously, I'm hooked up in the UPS network. I get an alert saying I'm getting a package delivered tomorrow. And I said, motherfucker. Like, I should have taken it back up there because now I have all the parts, right? And I took the parts with me. He's like, we can keep them here. I was like, no. Because knowing you guys... You'll, you'll lose something. Give me them. I paid for them. I want them. If I can't return them, give them to me. And, um, and the parts came that very next day. And I wanted to go up there and just and be like, you're working on this car. Like, you, you know what I mean? I wanted to so bad. But I, I mean, and now it's just a patience thing, right? I have all the parts. If something else happens when I bring it back up there, I swear to fucking Christ. I will. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'll probably burn the goddamn building down. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast. I'll burn the building down. I'll tell people to get out because I don't want murder, right? Hey, everybody, get out of the building. All right, I'm gonna fucking light this thing on fire. I don't want to hurt anybody. Fucking get out. Crazy, dude. Pissed me off so much, so so much. I got 33 messages. Devin and Tim are chatting it up. It might be all Devin. No, Tim's chiming in. Uh. He was, uh, yeah. Um, all right. So contender series, we got two more things before we do the pickums. I know, I know I'm rambling on. I didn't really get to do, um, like a recap show and I get to air out my personal stuff. Like I normally do. Cause Devin and I recapped the month of August. Hope you like that podcast is getting pretty good feedback. Devin and I just kind of chopping it up about all the events that happened in August. You know, hopefully we'll do maybe once a month, you know, kind of do cover. Since there's so much MMA, we, we, it'd be nice to kind of go over and talk about everything. Uh, the Contender Series was last night. Awesome Contender Series. A bunch of killers on there. A bunch of savages. Uh, really, really good fights. A lot of good finishes. Hang on a second. My ear itches. Uh, all right. First up was I, you know, Ali. Kursakriff, whatever. Henrique Shigamuto. Uh, Ali is um, a pudgy. He, he's not an 85er. He's definitely a 70, but little pudgy looks exactly like what you expect a guy from Dagestan to look like. And he came out through some kicks. Uh, Henrique went to the ground, and, and, and that was a wrap. I mean, he fucking got choked up. You knew right away that Ali was going to get a fucking um, the, uh, contract, even though it was the first fight. He looked pretty comfortable on his feet, but when it hit the ground, he was just so strong, got that choke easily. Boom, done. Draco Rodriguez versus Mana Martinez. Mana Martinez, a, uh, almost a roommate, teammate of Yana, uh, Adrian Yanez, who was on the podcast, Devin interviewed him. That uh, that gym right there, that's three guys now coming from that gym out of um, out of uh, Texas down there. Uh, that is uh been to the contender series uh adrian was the only one that won martinez looked pretty good on the feet draco though this is a guy that was supposed to get signed from king of cage king cage was uh from king of cage excuse me and the king of cage guys blocked him it's like buddy you're paying this guy 500 500 a fight like let him go to the fucking big leads eventually i guess they got something worked out because he was supposed to fight cheeto on short notice Kind of worked out for him because I, I don't know if that fight would have worked out for him, the Cheeto fight. So he came out and uh, fought another tough guy, Amanda Martinez, both finishers. Competitive stand-up. They both traded a little bit. When it went to the ground, Draco had some really nice submissions off his back. He went from Oma Plata to armbar to triangle to an armbar again and eventually just choked him out with a triangle. You don't see that a lot. Triangles are, are if you're super, super high level, they're fairly 
uh, unavoidable unless you got a really good triangle. And, and it remains to be seen if Draco has a good triangle. But he got in the UFC, obviously. Phil Halls, this is his third go-around. He was on the Ultimate Fighter, lost to Andrew Sanchez, went on the contender series, got knocked out by Julian Marquez. And uh, he was fighting a, a fucking Belize, uh, a Belize, Khaleesi, uh, Bestev, Bestev, um, a.k.a. guy, tall, lanky, striker. And Halls looked really comfortable in there, right? He looked like uh, a different fighter from when he came into the UFC prior. Um, he looked, I mean, his, his third fight or fourth fight was Andrew Sanchez and he just got bodied up, gassed out. Uh, Julian Marquez, he got head kicked, knocked out. It was brutal, but he also gassed out. His only two losses. So it was like, is this guy fucking cursed, right? Is this is this the UFC curse? But he came out confident. He chopped down uh, Khalid's, or Katsi, uh, Katsi's leg, and his leg was was damaged. Katsi is holding his hand super low because Phil Hall is a high-level wrestler. Phil fucking threw an overhand right, knocked him out, broke his jaw, I think. Sick, sick finish. That was, I was impressed by just his demeanor and the way he carried himself because he is a super, super high-level athlete. Um, glad he finally got signed to the UFC. Sure, our Black Rangers came to church. Probably the best fight of the night. Both guys um, really good. Both guys young. I think Dana did the right thing, giving Sherrod a uh, developmental deal. However, I can see um, Sherrod maybe taking a fight on short notice, getting into the UFC, and then maybe Cameron coming back in uh, November and, and, and trying to redeem himself. Uh, really good fight, but Sherrod's getting out that. Uh, he got invited back. Cameron, I think, is going to make his way there, too. Not the most high-level guy, but he's tough, and he's durable, and he can provide fucking action. Main event was Teflon uh, uh, Nukuchua. Whatever the fuck versus Al Montavado. This fight was hard to watch, right? Because Al is clearly a 170, maybe even a 155er. And Teflon, uh, Tefan, I keep saying Teflon. Tefan is a solid 205er. He's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's thick. So this is basically a solid 205er who maybe will cut to 185 later in his career, but probably not against a guy who could easily probably fight out, easily fight at 170, maybe even 155. This is a guy who literally ate everything he could that week to get over 200 pounds, and he and, and he barely did it right. Uh, this was a mismatch from the get go. Al looked great. He looked quick. He he moved really well. Wasn't scared of uh, Tafan, and Tafan, you know, on the exit landed a head kick. It was brutal. Al was out for a while. Um, I'm not super high on Tafan. He comes from that Lloyd Irvin camp, the James Vick camp, right? I don't love that camp. I, you know, he was he seemed very arrogant uh, after the fight. Like, you know, he's wanting all the smoke, blah, blah, blah. I think Jamal Hill called him out. Um, I'm not sold yet, right? He's only 4-0. He got a knockout over William Knight, who who obviously is in the UFC now. So I want to see a little more of this guy at 205. But I thought he's a little stiff, right? And he is 4-0, so he could obviously get a lot better. But he obviously has power, and that's the only thing I really truly loved about him was the power. Um, I thought he's a little stiff, and I thought his shots were a little slow. I thought possibly he could get pieced up. You know, when uh, when the time is right. But, you know, he got a contract as well. Everyone kind of got a contract, but he signed four. And, uh, yeah, it was a good, great contender series. Um, I have Ariel Hawani written down here. I, I, I'm, I'm in too much of a good mood to talk about that scum. I was going to talk about how, you know, he, you know, he did somebody at the UFC dirty who was giving him information, leaked information, then cried on air saying, oh, I'm a reporter. That's my job. I'm a journalist. That's my job, right? And he, he did it for his integrity on this shit, even though the UFC and Dana White basically made his career because he was getting all the inside scoops and literally every fighter had to interview with him after a fight, you know, whatever. And then now he's in the pocket of... um 
the uh, uh, um, t- the two management groups, the Kawa brothers and the uh, and whoever Ardi Atar, whatever Paragon 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 Sports, like Ali's like against uh, Ariel and a couple other ones are. So whenever he's on a show, he promotes the Kawa brothers fighters and Paragon Sports brothers or Paragon whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, you know, but this is a guy with integrity, right? You know, he's bought out by these management companies, but heaven forbid he, he couldn't hold on to that Brock Lesnar news for five fucking minutes. So basically, the mortal story is that guy's a fucking scumbag i want nothing to do with him it's such a shame that he's number one guy in mma um mma deserves better i like you know i don't think he interviews well i don't like anything about him i think his personality stinks and uh yeah that's that and then uh the one thing that's getting a lot of traction is kazmat uh i call him kazmat i know that's not how you pronounce the name he's fighting jerry Merchgard, and they booked him with maya right away a lot of people including jerry Merchgard's like what the fuck right all I'm going to say is I'm rooting for Jeremy Merskart. He's a huge underdog. I'm going to put money on Jeremy Merskart. Kazmat better come out there. And after he be if he beats Gerald, he better like shit gold because the way this guy's getting fucking promoted and literally it's only happened a handful of times where guys are booked after, you know, like, oh, okay, you fight Gerald then you'll be booked against my lit. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy to me. Jeremy Merskart's a vet. He's a big 85er. Um, yeah, that that's wild right there. All right, 20 minutes of chit-chat, 20 fucking minutes of chit-chat. Maybe I'll go and re-record the intro and tell people, if you want the pickums, jump to 20 minutes. But you know what? Nah, people enjoy it, right? People listen to it. I got another review. I, uh, I checked the iTunes thing. I check it more now after I got the negative review than I ever had before. But I'm at 19 reviews. I think someone just gave me a three-star review. I think I have two three-star reviews, which is funny because when I review things, it's either all fives or I don't review it. I never give ones. But if you're a hardcore reviewer and you're like, hey, I got to let this guy know he sucks, right? Then give him a one. But I, I don't know why I respect the three so much. It's so odd to me. This guy's like, or girl was like, you know what? He's good. He's not great. Um, and they really sat there and thought about what, what star rating to give me. And you know what, if you put that much thought into that, you know, proud, you know, respect. Uh, but I got 19 ratings. I need 20. I feel like the more ratings you get, the more like the algorithm pushes you out. There's not a ton of MMA podcasts out there. If I search my name as MMA takes podcast on iTunes, a lot of MMA podcasts pop up that haven't even been active in years for some reason. And they don't have many. Uh, reviews either somehow the algorithm is a little broken in fucking um the itunes app but you know we need to get we when people search mma podcast we need to be on that first page that's my goal right now all right anyway let's go pickums first fight of the night sabina mazzo eight and one versus justin kish who's seven and two mazzo's a minus 290 favorite justin kish is a plus 225 i got these lines yesterday but someone just said on twitter right before i got on here that billy q is the highest uh favorite right and i that's not correct according to my uh according to my cards because andrew lee is higher and maz is a 280 now what is what is billy q 220 what, what the fuck are people talking about people know how to read because andrew lee is fucking 325 all right anyway sabina mazzo versus justin kish both uh i think mazzo's talented justin kish was the every time i think about her i think about her the, the girl from the Ultimate Fighter that had like a knee problem that had to go home or something like that. It blew out her knee. 
I mean, she's a solid fighter. I mean, she's 7 2. She's got a decent record. Probably deserves to be in the UFC. She's not like these girls that are 4 and 4, 5 and 4, that are just there to fill up weight divisions. Um, I just think Mazo's going to be a little bit more skilled here. She's 8 1. I like her stand up. I like her aggressiveness. Uh, Justine's going to probably try to get this fight to the ground, even though her stand up's okay herself. I see her only path to victory is really shaking it up and getting Mazo uncomfortable, taking her to the ground. Mazo's not a killer. Neither of these girls really are. It's going to be a close decision if you want to rock with justin kish at plus 225 i don't hate the number i don't hate the play my rule though is is i don't bet female fights because i don't have any fucking luck with them they have ruined my life um i am very lucky and happy man to marry the right woman in my life so uh female fighters are the ones that have to ruin my life and they do they 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 burn me in the past so i'm still not uh Still not betting female fights. But I got Mazo, minus 290, 280, whatever. She's chalky. It's a chalky play, but I think this card's going to be full of chalk, if I'm being honest with you. And I already have my 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 um, picks written out, and, and they're a little chalky. We'll go over it. This is, I, had, I had a hard time with this one. All right, next up, Brian Barberina, minus 280. He is 14 to 7. He's fighting Anthony Ivey, who is 8 and 3, plus 220 underdog. I'd lean towards Ivey when this first got announced um he got knocked out in his ufc debut by brian barbarina is is a good striker himself he's good on the ground he's actually got really um really good submissions really good chokes that people don't they forget about because he's the, the big bearded guy that stands there and fucking swings it out anthony ivy's got some, some some good strikes he's he's unique with his kicks um he disguises his punch as well but brian barbarina has fought just everybody right colby covington leon edwards both decision losses he got he's coming off two knockout losses to vicente luke and randy brown by both the same way um the vicente luke fight he was in that to the very end, and then he got caught by Randy Brown. Took a little time off. Anthony Ivy, I don't think, is as big as Randy Brown and as explosive as Vicente Luque. I think Ivy has a chance to catch Barbarina in case Barbarina's iron chin is starting to fucking become a plastic chin, right? Like Barbarina's been in some wars. Maybe, you know, maybe his chin isn't what he is and his defensive skills are shit. But Bar- Brian Barbarina does hit really hard. And again, his chokes are really good. I see him hurting Anthony in the feet and probably finishing him. That's why. Send him home. Send him home early. Send him home early, Brian Barbarina. That's why I send him home. I like that. He's high. Um, let's look at the prop, right? Should I have the props written down? God damn it, Brian. You're a prop. One-stop shot for props. Um... I should have had this written down. I'm sorry. The prop for Brian Barberina is probably fairly even. He's a minus 280, so I don't have any props right now. Come on, Fandle. So no props for that fight, even though it says more wagers. Let me see if my computer just effed up. No, 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 no props right now. A little early, I guess. You know, a little early. Uh, I'll imagine Brian Barberina by finish might be closer than 280. So take, instead of putting, if you're going straight or unless you want to add this to a parlay. If, you're, if you want to go parlay, I would parlay. Uh, Barbarina, but if you if you just want to get the straight place, I think maybe the straight play might be uh, betting Barbarina to finish because uh, Ivy is a little chinny. He's been knocked out. Chris Aguilar caught him early in that first round, and, and I think Barbarina packed some punch. All right, next up, Frank Camacho, minus 230. He is 22-9. and nine. He's fighting Brock Weaver, 15-5. and five. Brock Weaver's a plus 184. <sighs> this line's really wide, right? I flirted with Brock Weaver, right? You guys kind of know the story of Brock Weaver, Blew me off. Was supposed to do an interview, and then when I look more at like the guy himself, because I was excited from the Contender series, I realized that I don't really like the person that he is, because he's like a dog fighter, and 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 you know he lives in a trailer park, and he just he doesn't seem like the greatest guy in the world. All you know is very religious, and I don't, didn't want to interview him and maybe say something wrong. Yada yada yada. 
But, you know, he looked really, he didn't look great in his last fight, right? He lost, uh, who did he lose to? Was it Rosie? Rosie Roberts? Did Rosie get him? Yes, I think Rosie finished him. Rosie Roberts. Come on, computer. There it is. Yeah, so he is, he, his contender series fight against Dylan Smith, excuse me, Devin Smith, did, did not look great, right? But he won it, decision, whatever. Gave an electric post fight. People liked him, right? They brought him in. His UFC debut versus Rodrigo Vargas. He was losing every second of that fight. Got a legal need. Won the fight from DQ. And then Roosevelt Roberts, he literally looked like dog shit. Was on the back of the cage. Took the fight on a little bit short notice. Um, got choked out. Frank Camacho, this guy, he's so hard to predict, right? He got knocked out his last time out by Justin James. Quick. He comes out aggressive. He slangs and bangs. Brock uh, Weaver does not have the biggest power in the world. He's a rangier guy. Um, but, you know... Camacho has been getting finished lately. You know, Justin James knocked him out. Bernil Darius choked him out. He beat Nick Hyman by knockout. Jeff Neal knocked him out. And he lost to Drew Dober. He's definitely fought the better competition. I can understand why he's the favorite. I just thought this was really high. I thought Frank Camacho would maybe be plus 160. He's plus 230. I don't think it's playable. I don't. I think you stay away from this fight. I can see Frank slowing down and Brock picking him apart. I can see Frank dominating the entire fight i can see brock maybe catching frank frank's chin isn't what it used to be he does leave himself open even though i don't think brock has the biggest power in the world he's more of a combination guy um you know it's going to be a close fight and i think the line is a little high this is the one line that i don't like it's a little too wide for your boy so i'm gonna go camacho i'm gonna go chalk just because i don't really love brock weaver um i think camacho has fought the better competition i think he's gonna push the pace I think the blueprint to beat Brock Weaver's out there, put him against the cage, make him uncomfortable, soar on punches, back out, do the same thing over and over again. He's never going to stop, but he's never going to angle off. He's going to back straight up. He's going to welcome the clinch. And um, yeah, I like Frank Camacho in this fight. All right, next up, Alan Patrick, who's 15-2. and two. I'm proud of myself for saying Patrick and not Patrick. He is a plus 198 underdog. He's fighting Bobby Green, 25, excuse me, 26, 10, and 1, minus 250. Another line that's really wide for me. Bobby Green is, is on fire right now. He is fighting like no one's business. He's um, he is very active. And um, Alan Patrick is the exact opposite. He hasn't fought in almost two years. It'll be two years, uh, October 6th. But that was a loss against Scott Holtzman. He had a bunch of fights canceled out on him. Got some good wins in the UFC. He's fought a lot of people. He's been in the UFC since 2013. Not the most active guy in the world, but he does have some good wins. Um, you know, two losses in the UFC. Not bad. His only two losses are in the UFC. Bobby Green's a guy that is, he's not a finisher, right? He's got okay chokes, but he's not going to finish it. Patrick's a guy that's going to push the pressure um, in the past. Fights in the past, he has slowed down. Bobby Green doesn't slow down, right? I think Bobby Green's going to drop some of the earlier rounds. Excuse me. There's only three rounds. He's going to drop the early round. I think he might start picking it up in the second round. And then the third round, I think Bobby Green is going to win. However, that's such a hard fight to bet. He's minus 250. This is another fight that I would probably stay away from. If I was a betting man, which I am, um, I would bet props on this one as well. This fight's going to go to the decision. I don't think anybody's going to finish anybody. Bobby Green's a killer. He's not going to get finished. I don't think he's going to finish Alan Patrick. I do not know why uh, uh, FanDuel does not have any of the props. Maybe it's just too early in the week. Really? Is it that early? Let's see. Yeah, I just I don't have any fucking props. God damn it. I was the one-shop shop for props. Um, but yes, so I don't know if you can bet this fight with, with, with the line, right? The line's a little high here. Bobby Green at minus 250. I like Bobby Green. I'm going to pick Bobby Green 
maybe come fight night if I'm filling out a parlay, like kind of one of those like chalky parlays or Hail Mary parlays, I'll throw him in. It's going to come down to decision. It's going to be close. Bobby Green fights usually are never that comfortable. It's either a very, very close scrap where he might get screwed. He might actually get the right decision, whatever. I see that fight happening. I do see Patrick slowing down, though. He's going to push the pace early, and he's going to slow down. I think Bobby's going to pick him apart, just probably not by finish. All right, next up, Roosevelt Roberts. Rosie Roberts, 10-2, and two, minus 115, slight favorite versus Matt Favola, the steamroller Favola, who's 8-1-1. One one. He's a minus 105, very slight dog. I think these lines are moving as we speak, literally as we speak. Currently, they're the same as I say that. I'm looking on Fandle. This was tough because I'm a big Roosevelt Robert fan. He's literally called out for Vola every time he gets a fight, right? And Roosevelt dropped that uh, loss to uh, Jim Miller, and he's come back, and he's looked really good. He's an aggressive kid. Um, I was a little nervous when he cut the Predator hair, but, you know, he's, he's, he's bouncing back, right? Good striking, long for the division. His grappling is okay. Uh, I don't think his wrestling defense is all that great. I do think his chokes are pretty good. Favola is a guy that's going to be in your face, right? He's been knocked out once. His only loss was from knockout. He's been rocked a few times. He fought a guy in Luis Pena who is long and lanky for that division. He uh, had a close decision with Pena. I know a lot of people th- thought he lost. It was a very close fight. Either way, he's had that style of opponent before. He, um, for all was supposed to have fight a while ago, he got COVID him and Billy Q are teammates. They usually go up to Longo. I know they stayed in Florida for this one. Both of them are fighting. I like that. I like that. Both teammates got some work in together. They're right around the same weight for Vola up a weight class with Billy Q's a big 45er. Um, I'm going to go for Vola here. The slightest of dogs. Um, I like that pick. This was almost my underdog lock of the night, but I didn't want to cheat you. I didn't want to give you like a, a pick them fight minus money underdog, but you know, technically he's a slight underdog, but I just see Vivola being in Rosie's face, right? Mixing up, put him against the cage. I don't think Roosevelt Roberts is take down the fence is up to snuff. I think he's really good with his chokes. I think he's hard to hold down, but I think when Favola can do that for three rounds, it's going to be a problem, right? Favola fought Jalen Turner. who's another giant guy for this vision. So Favola has fought taller guys and i don't think roosevelt roberts is all that explosive with his legs and his knees i think he's all hands really and i just see favola being able to read the hand slip the shot take him down uh dominating the ground and uh, i don't see a finish happening but um if, if i'm leaning finish i could see favola submitting roosevelt uh late in the fight but probably not favola is not a not a submission threat or excuse me he's not a, like a killer finisher he's got some finishes on his record but he's not like fucking uh, you know, he doesn't have any finish, one finish on the contender series. Other than that, he doesn't have any finish in UFC. So it's going to be a dog fight though. Uh, Roosevelt really needs to stop that takedown. I like that fight. I'm going to bet that fight. I'm going to pick for Vola, slight dog. Let go, let go, let go. Julia Alvia, eight and one. She is a minus three ten favorite. She's fighting Sajara Eubanks, five and four. She's plus two forty. Sajara was supposed to fight last week. I picked Sajara as an underdog. Opponents have switched. I think Julia Villa is a fucking stud. I think she is good. Um, doesn't have the most um, bodies on her record, right? She, she's only fought uh, twice in the UFC. Um, Penny Kazachi won by decision, and then she knocked out Gina Manzini with, with some body kicks and some knees to the body. Uh, this girl is, is a problem, 135. I think she's going to fight eventually Amanda Nunes if she decides to come back to 135. Sharjah Banks, I like Shajara. Shajara is Sarge, right? She's really good. She's in, in. I think she's better than her record shows. I just think sometimes like it's not all there on fight night, and I just think Julia Villa is just too good right now. I really do. I, I, girl, I'm keeping an eye on. I'm gonna go Julia Villa. She's a huge favorite. Bet at your own risk. Um, I probably not gonna play this right. I say that now, but I might get more comfortable come Saturday. 
Probably not going to play it, though, if I'm being honest with you. Probably not going to do it. All right, next up, Matt Schnell, 14-5, and five, minus 105 underdog, fighting Tyson Nam, minus 115 favorite. He's 19-11-1. Awesome fight. Love this fight. Um, Schnell's a guy that I've been following his career ever since the MTV days, right? He was an amateur. I thought he looked pretty good. He's bounced around camps. I believe he was at Jackson's. Now he's at... Was he at the Sacramento Kickboxing Academy thing or whatever? The one that's right by Favors Gym? Like, he's not alpha male, but I think he's with them. Where uh, Anyway, that's where I think Schnell's at now. He's looked really good. He got knocked out by Pantoja his last time out, right? He's got a little bit of a chin issue, but he's fucking aggressive. He comes out there, and he throws hands. He's really good on the ground. Tyson Nam finally got his big knockout win. This guy is 19-11, right? His record isn't crazy, but his knockouts are are sick for this division. He's 125. He's one, is this going to be at 125 or 135 since short notice? It is going to be at 125. Okay. Tyson Nam, 125er, packs power. He knocked out the, the Russian guy last time out. Two close split, de- or excuse me, two close decision losses over Sergio Pettis and Kai Carl French. Both guys are very similar fighters. Stick and move, stick and move. Matt Snell can do that, but he's also got that dog in him, right? He's got that dog that's going to want to get after it. I can see Tyson Nam clipping Snell just a little bit here in this fight and maybe hurting him. I think if Tyson Nam lands clean, he can knock out Matt Snell, guaranteed. I just think Matt Snell's the better fighter. I think he's better everywhere. His takedowns don't impress me. His stand-up's getting better. Um, his defensive mindedness need to be needs to be there, right? I think his defense needs to be on high, high alert for this fight. Stick and move in and out, right? He took a little time off after the Pantoja loss. He's also fought really good competition. UFC has some good wins. If it goes to the ground, I see Snell winning this fight by submission. I don't know what that prop is because FanDuel's not giving me fucking props. Let's see. Come on. Maybe it's just like the, the main higher up cards. Nope, no props. God damn it. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet out props. Anyway, I'm going to take Matt Schnell here as a slight underdog. Minus 105. I like Schnell, but this is this is as pick as it gets. I can see a lot of people being split on this because Schnell has been caught before. He has been knocked out before. Tyson maybe one of the hardest hitters at 125. Um, I just really like Matt Schnell's game. I think he's very... Um, well, uh, you know, well-equipped, well-rounded. Fuck, Brian. Well, I can't say that word. I think he's very well-rounded, right? I think he's good everywhere. I think the only issue is the defense. But other than that, I think he's very good. I'm a rocker match now. Um, very nervous about that fight. Do not put either of the do not if, if you're on side, if you're on Tyson's side, cool. If you're on match night, cool. Do not parlay. These are fucking parlay busters right here. They will fucking bust your parlay up. Do not do it. I'm going to go Schnell, though. All right, next up, Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo, 14 and 2. He's a minus 220 favorite. He's fighting Kyle Nelson, who was 13 and 3. Canadian boy, plus 176 underdog. Nelson's a knockout artist, right? Kyle Nelson, this is a guy, uh, pride of Canada. What part of Canada is he from? Huntsville, Ontario. No fucking idea. Ontario, Canada. Um, you know, he hasn't won a fight in the UFC yet, but he's fought some decent competition. Diego Ferrara's UFC debut. That's a tough draw. That back in 2018, then he fought Matt Sales, which could have been a winnable fight. Matt Sales isn't lighting the fucking world on fire. That was back in 20, uh, 2019 as well. Excuse me, that was back in 2019. He hasn't fought in over a year. Or excuse me, no, he fought in September a year ago against Polo Reyes, won by knockout, right? All that he's got a knockout over Kama Worthy. Um, this guy's literally just is 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 got a lot of knockouts on his record. I don't really think he's that crazy of a knockout artist, right? I think he's okay, but I don't I don't see anything that really jumps off the page that scares me. Um, Billy Q is, is capable of his feet. I, I like him on his feet. You know, he, he, uh, is a little hittable, right? You know, um, uh, Spike Carlisle's last time out did hit Billy Q a little bit, but Billy's gas tank, his heart and in, in his ground game is going to take him. This is my moral lock. I'm locking this up. Cha-cha! Uh, that was a lock by the way. I don't know. It sounded like a bird, but Billy Q 
Um, I just think he's better everywhere, right? I think he's going to take Kyle Nelson down. Kyle's lost by submission before. I think he's going to get it on top. I think Billy is, if he gets a hold of your neck, your arm, your back, whatever, he's taking it home. Good record. Uh, and he's fought the better competition, in my opinion. I think Kyle Nelson ha- has a puncher's chance, right? I think he's heavy-handed. I think he can come out there and catch Billy. Billy could be sleeping, right, um, after coming off the, a big Spike Carlisle win. He can come out there sleeping a little bit. I just think Billy's going to fight smart and uh, take this fight to the ground and, and, and get a sub win. Definitely bet the prop. Definitely bet Billy Q. Bet him on the way. This is my moral lock, guys. Fucking lock it up. This is a guy that's going to win at all, right? If you're not going to listen to any of my bets, cool. Listen to this one. All right, next up, Ed Herman, 24 and 14. He is a plus 220 underdog. Big dog. Mike Rodriguez, 11 and 4, minus 280. Woo! All right. Um, this is a tough one, right? Because I don't like Mike Rodriguez. He's coming off that knockout win over that chinny uh, European dude like a week ago, right? And MMA is such regency bias, right? Ed Herman... The old dog, Ed Herman, uh, is is on a nice little two fight win streak over some solid dudes. Right before that, he lost three in a row against some high level guys, but he hasn't been finished since Nikita Krylov in twenty sixteen. Ed Herman's chin is in, in is very much intact. Mike Rodriguez is athletic. He's explosive. Um, his elbows in the clinch look really good. Ed Herman likes to get ugly. Likes to get in the clinch. Likes to fight. Right now in MMA, it's this weird time where these vets are really showing off their their veteranness, right? Mike Rodriguez has got 15 fights. He's he's no slub. Like he doesn't. He's it's not like he's fight eight fights, right? But Ed Herman's the bet. He's the older guy. I think he's gonna outbet Rodriguez here. I think Rodriguez is gonna have a good first round. I think he's gonna be quicker. Obviously, Ed Herman's slow as shit. I think he's gonna be quicker. I think he's gonna land more on Herman. But uh, I think Herman is just has that dog in him. And that's what I like him. I need some dogs here. He's my underdog lock. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. And that is my dog right there. Ed Herman, underdog lock of the night. Plus 220. Um, This comes with a little warning, though, right? I feel like if you want to bet this, bet it straight. Don't parlay it, right? Because this could fuck you up. But also, maybe be up. Maybe be up some money. Play with money a little bit, right? If you're up on the night, if you live bet, right, and you're up on the night and you're confident in your other picks, put a couple shekels on that hermit, right? Plus 220 is a wide line. Mike Rodriguez, I think, is probably the better fighter everywhere. I just think right now these veterans are coming out and they're fucking getting dubs right now. I think Ed Herman is a guy that gets overlooked because he's old. He's been around for fucking since UFC, th- was it two? Or oh, excuse me, the Ultimate Fighter three. Um, I like Herman, though. I like Herman in this. I'm not confident, but he's my underdog lock because there's, to me, there's not a ton of underdogs. There's not a lot of meat on these bones. Uh, next up, Andrea Lee, who's 11 and 4. She's minus 325 favorite. She's fighting Roxanne Montefiore, who's a plus 250. This one was hard because I want to I wanna take Roxanne so bad at plus 250, right? Roxanne's as tough as they come. She's really good on the ground. Andrea Lee, I think, is a bit overrated. I think she's a little sloppy on the ground. She's good on the feet. But Roxanne has been really, um, I mean, obviously Roxanne kind of made her, not made her career, because I, I don't want to disrespect her like that, but she definitely put herself on the map with the Macy Barber win. I know Macy Barber, um, you know, had this injury and this injury or whatever. But if you look at some of uh, Roxanne's wins, and losses, she's won one, lost one, won one, lost one. I don't think, you know, she's lost two in a row back in the day. I mean, she lost to Nico Montagna, which is crazy. She bought 
beat Barb Hunchak, lost to Sajara, beat uh, Little Shevchenko, lost to Meyer, beat Macy, and now Lauren Murphy. Um, Roxanne's, you know, she's in Vegas. She's she's bulking up. She's getting strong. I just, I don't know. Listen, plus two fifty. I, I, you can take a shot, right? You can take a shot on Roxanne. I think she can hold Andrew Lee down. I think she maybe can even submit her. I'm just worried about the stand up, right? Roxanne gets hit a lot. She gets hurt a lot. Her last couple of fights, she's been wobbly a little bit. Um, I like Andrea Lee in this fight. She's super high, though. I'm not going to bet this fight. Um, I'm not going to touch this anywhere. I'm going to enjoy the fight. I think this is a these this is a good fight for both women right now for 125. But it's really hard for me to pick. I want to go Roxanne the underdog money, but I was hesitant. I couldn't pull the fucking trigger. And usually it's a gut reaction. So I you know I could be off on this card. I don't know. I'm going to go Andrea Lee though. Uh, as a huge favorite, even though I don't like it, I don't like it betting wise. All right, next up, Karma Worthy, sixteen and six, minus one forty favorite. He is fighting Otman Adazar, who's twelve and zero. He's a plus one twenty underdog. Full disclosure: I had Otman written down early. He was going to be one of my underdog plays, and I start looking at his record, right, and start looking at his fights and his statue statured, right. He's five eight, one fifty five, right. Not the biggest guy, right. He's not jacked up or anything. He's kind of you know, whatever. Kama Worthy's fucking big, right? He's 5'11", 155, but he's a thick, thick boy. And he's on a crazy seven-fight win streak. Um, two in the UFC. Both times were underdogs. Both finishes. I almost thought maybe, you know, he's really hot right now, right? And he's got six losses on his record. So I'm like, you know, this guy's really hot right now. But he does have six losses, and they a lot of them are by knockout. So maybe, maybe his time has come, and you know, and Ottman's going to catch him because Ottman can slang. But the more I looked at, it, I just think no, there's no way because Karma Worthy is just the better fighter. Like, sure, he can get clipped in that early, early in the fight because Ottman does throw hands. But Karma is a smart guy; he's got more skills. He's huge for this division. And when you look at his losses, right, Kyle Nelson knockout in the UFC, Anthony Rettick. This guy's six and eight. That's a really bad loss for him. That was back in 2016, right? Matt Bissonette, knockout in the UFC or was in the UFC. Billy Q, knockout back in 2015 in the UFC. Um, then he's got Paul Felder was his third fight ever. Knockout. Paul Felder's Paul fucking Felder back in 2012. Other than that, he's got some really good wins over some really good guys that uh, um, that people don't talk about. So his record is very deceiving. He's a little older, right? 33, making his UFC, not making his UFC debut, but only getting the UFC for the past year. I'm going to go Worthy here. He's finally a favorite. Uh, his last two fights, he was underdogs, but he's a playable favorite. He's a viable flavor, favorite at minus 148. That's a fight I'm going to be playing. Um, I think if he gets out of the first round with Ottman, I think he can catch Ottman with either punches or submission. Uh, Karma's got cardio, and he's and he's a smart fighter. And, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Worthy guy. Let's go. I'm Worthy for Worthy. What's up? Main event, Michelle Watterson, 17-8. and eight. She's a plus 112 underdog. She's finding Angela Hill. 12 and 8. She is a minus 138 favorite. Shout out Angela Hill. Um, so on Twitter, she is the first black woman to not only be signed to the UFC, which I found very surprising, but it's true, and the first black woman to headline the UFC. Now, a lot of people are throwing out JDR because she is uh she's Dutch or something, but she does have like a black parent or something like that. I don't some guy on Twitter said they're not recognizing that. Whatever. He's the one putting up the stat. But cool for Angela Hill. Uh, she's an exciting fighter. She's a great fighter. Um, she's entertaining as hell online. Her Twitter game is 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 awesome, right? Uh, she's awesome. She's a fan favorite. She needs to be pushed. Michelle Watterson. Everyone like Michelle Watterson. You know, she's hot. She's this, that, the karate hottie. 
But the only difference is Michelle Watterson, if you follow her online, you want to blow your brains out. She's kind of fucking annoying. So it's a battle of like the 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 perception of people think Michelle Watterson's this cutie little patootie, which she is, but she's annoying as fuck. They got Angela Hill, people might not know about because she doesn't have a cool name like fucking Karate Hottie, but she's the real star in this, right? This was supposed to be Glover Teixeira versus Tiago Santos. It's hard for me to talk about because that was a main event I was looking forward to. Glover got a uh, fucking COVID, whatever. So we got Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. Five round fight. This is a tough one, right? I want to go Angela Hill. Initially, I picked Angela Hill in my head. I thought, you know what? Angela Hill is going to piece her up. It's going to be a striking match. Michelle Watterson, though. Her striking game isn't all that great. She's got good kicks. She doesn't have the best hands, right? Angela Hill's really good at Muay Thai. She's brutal in the clinch. Michelle Watterson is really small for this division as well. Um, I can see Angela Hill getting the clinch, throwing elbows, throwing knees, busting Michelle Watterson up, and uh, Michelle Watterson's not being able to take the size, right? But then I started getting thinking about five rounds, and I started getting thinking about how Michelle Watterson, um, over the past few fights, has become known to grapple. Angela Hill's weakness is grappling right she has some submissions off her back she's got some arm bar wins she's okay on top because she can throw the elbows but when she gets flat on her back and she gets tired she has a little bit of a problem um she's not a killer off her back she you know she, she wants to stand up i think a lot of those fights could be very very competitive i think it's gonna be a uh, angela hill bullying michelle in the clinch i see michelle kicking at range keeping angela away i don't know how either girl's gonna react in five rounds i do like michelle's grappling better and I think I like Michelle's just season this a little better as well. I'm going to go Michelle Waterston as an underdog, plus 112. Um, I want to pick Angie Hill. I love Angie Hill. I think she's funny. I think she's entertaining. I hope Angie Hill wins. But, you know, I'm a fucking capper, bro. Okay? I'm a handicapper. I got to pick the numbers, right? I know I let my emotions come in all the time with Darren Till and Connor and Izzy. And I'll never pick against those guys. But... I'm going to be reasonable, and, I, and even though I love Angela Hill, <clears throat> what the fuck? I'm getting choked for picking against Angela Hill. Did you hear that? Uh, I'm going to go Watterson, though. I'm going to go Watterson. You know, it's not the main event we want. It's the main event we got. I think this card has some really good sleeper fights. I think the co-main event's going to be a banger. Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez is going to end in someone going to sleep. I think Billy Q's going to get a sixth submission. Matt Snell, Tyson Nam, probably best fight of the night. Roosevelt Roberts, Matt Favola is going to be interesting. Uh, Brian Barberina versus Anthony Ivey is going to be sick. Decent little card. Don't sleep on this card. All right, next week, guaranteed, guaranteed next week, I'm going to pick against Tim Mitchell. Finally, he's going to get his rematch. Him and I are going to go get, uh, at it against Woodley Covington. That's another sick card. Hopefully, COVID doesn't fuck that one up. Um, but very excited. Follow me on all social media, MMA Takes Podcast, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Trying to pump more content on that. Man, just busy. Just a busy fucking guy. Let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's good. He's real good.
The name is Dalton.